Welcome to our fourth segment of this afternoon's program. As you know, we're doing a special extended edition. Uh, it's Sunday, the 25th of July, 2021. It is now 1.42 in the studio. I'm your host, Kieran Murdoch. A video went viral recently, as videos often do. Uh, in this video, there was a policeman attempting to arrest a woman for not wearing a mask outdoors. Uh, but the woman was unwilling to be subdued or carried away. Uh, the video is being shot by a second woman nearby who has full view of the situation. Uh, now, the lady being arrested was arguing with the policeman over why she should be arrested. Uh, from the video, it appeared that she insisted on waiting for other police officers to arrive and resolve the situation rather than be carried away with the arresting officer. At least that's how it appeared in the video. Uh, in the course of things, the officer maintains his grip on the woman's clothing, at times tugging her along, uh, with her struggling to remain in place and not be carried away. Uh, at one point, both the officer and woman resolved to stand in the street and wait for other officers to arrive. Uh, it is not clear whether it was he or she who summoned them. Uh, towards the end of the video, a police vehicle arrives, and the woman explains herself to an officer or officers unseen within the vehicle. Uh, she says that her mask was on her face but below her nose, uh, she questioned why she should be arrested for failing to wear a mask in such circumstances. Um, and it was quite uh, obvious that the woman was from Dominica. You could hear it in her accent. Uh, at several points during the video, and when she spoke to the unseen occupants of the police vehicle, uh, she accused the policeman who attempted to arrest her of, quote, making break on her. Uh, by this, she meant that the officer had allegedly made an advance toward her, or made a pass, so to speak, and she claimed that only when she ignored him did he take the issue, or did he take issue, rather, with her mask. Uh, that was her claim. Uh, and we were able to extract some of what she said in the video for you to hear. Wait for them! Let me go! I wait for the police! The police are coming! They're coming! Wait for them! Wait for them! Wait for them! Wait! Let's wait for them here! Forget it. Let us wait for a Put it on Facebook too. Put it on Facebook. Let me go. Let's wait for them. They're they don't move in. I wait for them. You don't hold me. I can't run. Let's wait for them. Officer, a police officer, they grab me on the road. So it's attacking me on the road. And it's me like checking him off. It's telling me to arrest me. Because I don't feel my mask. And I have my mask in my face. But I don't have a mask. Sometime thereafter, uh, she was charged with eight offenses, failing to wear a mask, disorderly conduct by making noise, resisting arrest, battery on a police officer, failing to give a name, failing to give an address, using indecent language, and escaping lawful custody. Uh, she pleaded guilty to using indecent language. Because I have my mask like that. You want to fight, you can't recover, I tell you, please, your mask is not properly on your face. But when you was making grip on me, now they are telling me, me look good. I'm passing but not guilty to the seven other charges. She will be placed on trial in St. John's Magistrate's Court sometime in September. Our aim today is to get some reaction to what unfolded from the experts, but also to broaden the discussion uh, to what should and should not happen during an encounter with the police. So our question is, what powers do the police have in different situations, and what should the average citizen know about how to handle themselves in encounters with the police? 
Uh, joining our panel for this discussion, we're happy to have with us Dr. Selwyn Walwyn. Um, Selwyn Walwyn, sorry. Uh, Dr. Selvin Walwyn was previously Commissioner of Police in St. Kitts and Nevis uh, and also Deputy Commissioner of Operations in the U.S. Virgin Islands. Uh, his PhD is in public safety with a specialization in leadership. Uh, good afternoon to you, Dr. Selvin Walwyn. Uh, good afternoon. We are joined as well on this panel by Mr. Nuffield Burnett. He is a retired police officer. Uh, he retired at the rank of Assistant Commissioner of Police. We also are joined by uh, Mr. Justin Simon QC. Uh, he is an attorney. Uh, he was formerly Attorney General in Antique and Barbuda. Uh, good afternoon to you, Mr. Justin Simon, and thank you for joining us. How are you doing? Good afternoon, Mr. Murdoch, and good afternoon to your listeners and viewers. Uh, now, I wonder if I could begin with uh, Dr. Walwyn. If I could ask you, uh, just for some reaction to what uh, took place in the video, just, just your remarks. For me, as a, as a Deputy Commissioner of Police Operations uh, at the present time, Having served as a police chief in Texas and having served as the deputy, sorry, as a commissioner of police in Sankets, um, what I saw should not have happened um, based on the video. I don't know what happened before the video, but what I saw transpired in the video should not have happened. It should have been handled differently. But again, everything has to be based on what the present governor's mandate or whatever, however they name it there. Here we call it the governor's mandates as it relates to the COVID-19 and what the task force is instructed to do. They have a right to do what they're doing. However, the manner in which it was done, that needs to be addressed. Mr. Simon, your reaction, just your, your reaction to what you would have seen in the video and what went on. Frankly, I was appalled at what I saw. Irrespective of what may have happened um, before in terms of the, the, the first encounter between the lady and uh, the officer what we saw really and truly should not have happened and to me it constituted a grave disrespect in respect of the woman particularly as she indicated that she was pregnant and she also had a minor child there with her i mean there are circumstances in which the police have to act i'm not going to run away from that but Based on what I saw, and I don't really want to go too much into it since it's now a case before the court, um, my first reaction was one of really and truly, I was appalled. Dr. Selvin Wallen, um, let me ask you, uh, oftentimes individuals, uh, when they encounter the police, uh, they are not particularly sure of all the powers that the police may have uh, and sometimes it becomes conflated with uh, often what comes off of North American media. We consume a lot of North American media and of course we, we take in uh, uh, some measure of sensitization as to what goes on there uh, but uh, often we're not terribly aware of what the rules and regulations are uh, in our own countries. Uh, is that uh, something that you have observed as an issue uh, in your experience as a, as a senior officer? That, that has always been an issue. However, in this particular instance, the issue that I'm seeing here is a procedural issue. As I stated earlier, there is a mandate and it has to be followed. However, the manner in which this was handled, it is one that needs to be addressed. We have issues like that here, but not to that level. For instance, this morning, we have a mandate that says you cannot put your boats together and tie them off uh, with a cord so you can walk from one boat to another. And on social media this morning, people are complaining that we are out there stopping them from playing music on their boats and from 
grafting, as they call it, when we have other things that we could be doing. And this issue, this lady kept saying um, she was pregnant. Uh, she kept saying that she had a mask on. The people in the background were also in support of her, and yet actions were taken. But what made it even appalling, and again, I don't know procedures for Antigua, so I'm not going to go against the police. What is more appalling, even more than what he did, was I'm hearing you saying that she's, she had eight charges pressed against her. So you, anyway. Um, to answer your question, it's an issue that needs to be addressed. And Mr. Nuffield Burnett, I, I think we, we do have you now. Your, your audio is available. How are you doing? Can you hear us? Good evening to the panelists and good evening to all for listening. The, the individual was arrested for, I suppose, the main offense being not wearing a mask. I suppose that would have been right. Uh, I'm right if I'm on target with that, but that is sort of what I gather from that. And then everything else would have stemmed from uh, maybe the suspect's reaction to that initial arrest in terms of um, resisting and so on. What I'm interested in, which I have I'm yet to see the evidence, is whether or not the predicate offense have been, or the, or the, the, the arrest on the predicate offense would have been lawful. So that, at this point, would have been my main Concern. All right. Let me let me go back to um, let me go back to uh, uh, Mr. Simon. Mr. Simon, um, in terms of what you are required to do when you encounter the police and they request certain things of you, for instance, uh, I, I noted in this video, um, officers had asked for um, well, when they encountered the woman who was actually taking the video, they were asking for a name and address. Uh, sometimes people can be apprehensive and reluctant to give their name and address. Is that something you are required to give the police in Antigua and Barbuda when they request it? Yes, it is. That is the information which ought to be given. Let me say that the police are there to protect property as well as persons and to ensure that the law off um, offenses are not committed so that they do have the power to arrest without a warrant and one of the reasons why they're given that authority is that persons may be reluctant to give their names and addresses or may give addresses and names which police believe are false because if the police are going to be charging you they clearly have to know who is it that they are charging in terms of the person's identity and the person's address so that the summons can be served. So it is one of the reasons that the police have that power of arresting without a warrant. So in situations where the police suspect an offense is being committed or they can see that an offense is being committed right in front of their eyes, then they can request of that individual the perpetrator the name and address, if that is given, then there is no real reason for arrest because they would have sufficient information under which they could do the charge. If they don't get that information, then they do have the power of arrest. But an arrest does not mean that you've got to treat an individual like I saw being treated on the video. That to me was much too much. Um, 
Let's look at where the police held on to the lady. Her clothing. And at the back of her back, the clothing was very sparse. And the tugging and pulling and all the rest of it. And nowhere in the video did we hear, what is your name? What is address? Where do you live? And the mere fact that she had an infant with her, to me, suggests that within a reasonable time, um, that information would have been given or would have been gathered. So to answer your question, yes, they do have that power. Yes, we do have that obligation to answer to the police in respect of those situations um, to prevent any, you know, things getting worse in terms of the policeman handling you. And there has to be a certain amount of discretion. Anyone who has power, within that power, there is also the right to exercise a certain amount of discretion in the manner in which you act. Uh, and, and coming to you, uh, Dr. Selvin Wallen, uh, many times persons have an encounter with the police, uh, and I think we all acknowledge the police are here to protect and serve. We're not speaking about the police in the context of being the enemy, uh, we're just having a discussion. Sometimes someone will have an encounter with the police and they believe that they are being arrested or accosted unfairly, uh, and things tend to escalate then. If it is that you believe that you are being arrested uh, and you are being arrested in a situation where you are being arrested and you you believe that it is unfair what should you do because many people actually just uh, violently resist um what should you do in that situation as a police uh senior officer i would tell the public that you should not resist arrest um i've served in texas and i've served in florida and i'm serving here in the virgin islands and code the law in Texas says there is no justification for resisting arrest. If you believe that the arrest is unlawful, you need to go ahead and then file a complaint. Fight your fight in court and file a complaint with internal affairs and let them do the investigation. And you may also have civil redress. For instance, here in the United States, we have um, civil rights violations and we can also sue uh, one of the things under the new administration, the Biden administration, they have launched many civil rights uh, investigation bureaus within local police and sheriff agencies to handle complaints because of what you, you just stated. And so I'm, I'm assuming, and, and Deputy Commissioner Burnett can help me out on this, I'm going to assume that Antigua also has an internal affair is bureau i know in st kitts i brought one there i established one in st kitts and it's still there to address just this issue if you believe that your arrest is unlawful go with the police and then file whatever complaint do not resist on the street do not try to fight your case on the street you're not going to win it's like my parents told me never argue with a fool because someone will come by hear you and can't tell the difference don't fight on the truth, fight in court. That's it. Uh, and Mr. Nuffield Burnett, um, in terms of how police officers themselves do handle situations, sometimes the criticism is made that uh, they are not able or well-versed in terms of de-escalating a situation. 
uh, perhaps somebody is being confrontational uh, and it only becomes more confrontational from the, the police side of things and then it, it continues to escalate. Is that something that you have observed and what do you think about the importance of being able to de-escalate situations from the police side of things? Let me just add to what Dr. Walwyn just said. We are in fact having Antigua an internal affairs, um, an internal investigative branch which is equivalent to that internal bureau that he spoke about in the US. Okay, so let me just totally agree with, with um, Q. Simon there in terms of um, arrest and how you treat persons after arrest. Um, the police are endowed with enormous um, powers and privileges and that is why most it's important that the police are well trained in terms of how they use their powers because as was just alluded to by Dr. Um, Walwyn, um, is though the, the um, regular citizens will never win. And although I agree with um, Dr. Walwyn that you should never resist an arrest, because resisting an arrest will only um, serve to escalate things. However, there, and it's, it's equivalent somehow to what we are taught at police training school. We are taught never to be an order. You always own order and you complain afterwards. So it's about equivalent to that. But a person totally again as i said i would do like the following i would never encourage anyone to resist but the person who there is who may be resisting this may have a right to do so based on the fact that whatever um, the officer may be doing at a given point may be unlawful and we can argue as dr walwin just did rightfully so that okay notwithstanding um you're within your right you should not resist the arrest but if you did if you did you would be totally in order because bear in mind what the constitution says um every person is entitled to his freedom and when one's freedom is is is, is um when one's freedom is taken away it's a serious thing and even when the the the, the person being arrested lawfully as was said by QC Simon, they still are to be treated with some level of dignity wherever it's possible. So wherever it's possible, because bear in mind that at that point, the person is not even, is not even um, convicted yet. It's just an allegation, whatever that is. So at every stage, the officer ought to be mindful Attorney Simon, if I could ask you, one of the things which, uh, again, and it, 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 it comes from our consumption of North American media, we're, we're not so clear on what, if there are any restrictions at all on, on uh, videotaping what goes on during a police encounter. So sometimes you may be uh, taking a video of the police and a police officer may tell you to turn your phone away or that you, you shouldn't be videotaping and that you're not allowed to videotape. Uh, are there any laws that apply to that whatsoever? Are there any restrictions that you know of, uh, uh, Attorney Simon? I'm not aware of any such restrictions. And if police themselves are doing what is right, then they should have no fear in respect of the situation being videotaped. And in fact, it is also very important where the 
individual is concerned because it gives living proof to exactly what took place. Because at the end of the day, when that man goes to court, it's a question of we speaking the truth. Who should the magistrate believe? The individual who has been accused or the police? And sometimes it comes up to the to the, the balance actually sometimes weighs on the in favor of the person who has other witnesses and the witnesses are consistent with what is being said. But let me also state that I agree entirely with Dr. Walwyn that once an arrest is made, I would suggest very strongly to members of the public that they simply go along with the police. The police can only take you to the police station where they will be charging you. And uh, you will have an opportunity there to explain yourself. Give your name, give your address. Indicate that, you know, whatever the police may be saying, it's not Are you guys the whole truth. And uh, then you can also take legal action against the police in the event that the situation escalates to a point where it ought not. So I would suggest rather than fight the police, you simply go along and you will, and you tomorrow, I mean, at the end of the day, you can have your day in court, not only in respect of the matter which the police have charged you for, but also bringing a civil action against the police. Uh, and Dr. Selvin Walwyn, uh, what is your view or what is your take, especially given your, and I'm also curious for uh, your, your perspective on what goes on in St. Kitts and also in the USVI in terms of uh, citizens videotaping what goes on during a police encounter? Well, first, let's go to St. Kitts. We had a case in St. Kitts where a, an officer took somebody's camera and deleted the pictures and he was ruled against. Um, if it's in the public, it can be recorded. In the United States, it's the same way. The courts have ruled that as long as the eyes can see it in public, then you can videotape it. And police has no authority to take your camera and delete anything. Now, there are some guys on YouTube, they're called constitutional audits, and they're going around to different police agencies and even the post office and they are videotaping and the people are calling the police for them and the police has to turn around because you cannot stop a person from videotaping if they're out in public. You have video cameras, uh, well, I don't know for in Antigua, but every 10 minutes here in America and sometimes less, you're on a camera out in public. So with these cameras out there, the citizen can do the same thing. The only thing you cannot do uh, under the U.S. Constitution, which is, would be a violation of the Fourth Amendment, is to seize the voice. You can't record a person unless you have permission to record the voice or unless you're a party to the conversation. And in some states, both parties have to know that you're recording. And in some states, I can record you if you and I are having a conversation and I don't have to tell you I'm recording. So that's why when you call, a lot of times you call in the states, They'll tell you that this this line is being recorded for whatever purpose. They're letting you know that it's being recorded. But by law, they don't have to in certain instances. The I went to a meeting with OAS while I was in St. Kitts down in Costa Rica. And this is one of the things that was discussed among the police departments in the OAS. And as I said just now, 
If it's in the public, it can be recorded. But if it's behind us, you cannot do it. So if she was out in the street and this was going on, the person recording has the right to record it. But I would, I would, I would recommend. I don't know Antigua's laws. Um, I would recommend that they mute the voice so they don't have the voice, but they can record the video. That's it. Uh, and um, Mr. Nuffield Burnett, what has been your experience in Antigua and Barbuda as regards persons recording what happens during a police encounter? Okay, um, I have experienced it myself. And like, like um, Mr. Simon, I don't know of any laws um, forbidding persons to, to record or to, to take photographs of police in action as the case may be. What I have endeavored to do during my service is and there are some ways that police can use tact and 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 so on skills to, to go around some of these things, notwithstanding there is not a law. And what I am saying is this. For example, you may have a scene, you may have a group of scene, and that, of course, is different from the regular um, um, filming that we are talking about here. We are not talking about an, an offering market street and persons are passing and, and taking um, recordings. So in the circumstances where you may have a scene, that is uh, to say a police um, um, live or actual um, investigation going on, you may have a murder or two at a particular location, and for certain obvious reasons, uh, we want to keep out the, the, the persons who may wish to, 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 to video or take photographs. Then you demarcate your scene and you to a point where you, you, you sort of uh, bar people from coming within a certain distance. And that distance, obviously, you want persons not within a certain area. And um, in view which um, having gone against the police directly, you could mount uh, to a, what we call um, a, um, a, a, a what I know, could amount to a, a obstruction. Um, and that is the only way I see police could get around some of that, but not necessarily telling persons they can't film in the open public or taking anybody's um, camera, as is the case may be. Uh, and Mr. Simon, uh, uh, let us talk about um, a specific instance and, and perhaps what uh, well, best practice that ought to happen. Let us say you have a situation in which um, an officer in effecting an arrest is accused by the person they're arresting of, of having made uh, untoward, uh, uh, advance towards them. That, that was the, the case in this video. Um, the, the lady being arrested uh, continued to, to allege that the officer had made a pass at her. Um, and she said that several times. Uh, what w it, would it be appropriate uh, for the officer to do in that situation? Um, is it still appropriate that uh, he, he or she uh, continue uh, with the, the, the arrest? Is there anything in particular that should take place there that can take place? Uh, I just want to get your feedback on that. Yeah, well, I think it all depends upon the circumstances um, because we have to be careful that allegations may well be made against the police that are false. So that also has to be taken into consideration. Um, but as I've indicated, the person does have um, the opportunity to address this matter before the court if they make a complaint to the police station, as well as 
the given instructions to their lawyer. And that is why you see that the police officers, whilst they have those powers, and people recognize that they have those powers, must seek not to abuse them, but clearly try to use as much reasonable discretion as possible in those circumstances. And to me, seeking a person's name and address seems to be the important and essential element before you arrest. That's what you need to find out. So that if there are any allegations by one or the other, that can be addressed much later. But um, in those circumstances, I really don't want to say much because as I've indicated, the matter is going to be before the court and then the evidence will be there. But that matter happened in the, that incident happened in the public and there may well be persons who may have heard or may not have heard or may have seen and that is going to be very important um, when the evidence is led led before the court so police officers must be very careful that when they're going to exercise their powers that they are doing so within the framework of the law and they do not step outside of it because if they do they will find themselves you know as the defendants in those in those situations uh, and and dr selvin walwin um in terms of uh, uh, any, uh, because the question has been asked in terms of male police officers having to interact with, with female subjects, are there any particular considerations that would apply there or is it uh, the same, doesn't really matter? That again goes back to departmental procedures, whatever the department's procedures are for, for that particular uh, issue. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, what we are looking at is something that needs to be addressed holistically by the police department. Um, I don't know what their procedures are. And again, that's why we have Deputy Commissioner Burnett um, on here. He's more intimate with, with Antigua's policy and procedures. Uh, we would call, depending depending on the nature, in a case like this, if we had to search this female, we would call another female to the scene. But again, what we saw on that video would not have happened here. We do not, that's, that the optics on this is not good. That is something that would not happen because that officer would then have to face charges of excessive use of force. It would lead to an internal uh, affairs investigation, uh, which I'm hoping that just by the video that was presented, that Antigua would initiate uh, a use of force investigation. And if this has to be addressed across Antigua Police Department, then it become part of the training that they use at roll call to teach all officers how to move forward in a situation like this. Um, you asked another question again, but um, I'm here. I just sent you something in the chat with regard to filing civil suits against police officers who take your cameras. The president was in staying kits, and it's in the chat where you can see it, that the photographer um, for a newspaper was taking pictures of the scene, and his camera and his chip was taken, and he sued, and he won. I told you I went to the OAA meeting, and none of the major countries that's in the OAS supported police doing this. So again, at a higher level, nobody supports it. And in America, it's a constitutional right 
You have a First Amendment right, and you have a Fourth Amendment right that they can't take your stuff. So Antigua uh, needs to review this. This is my suggestion. Just review it, look at the, the procedures, and they make a decision as to whatever changes that they need to make. Uh, and Mr. That's my take on it. Mr. Nuffield Burnett, I would... Mr. Nuffield Burnett, I would... I would um, ask you if you, you if you have any responses that you wish to make to anything that's been said so far. Uh, but I would also ask at the same time, um, sometimes persons question uh, what powers the police have in terms of seizing something. Um, if, if a police officer wants your phone or if perhaps uh, they're searching a vehicle, um, are they allowed to take something, uh, 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 take property and, and tell you you'll get it back later? Um, what rules apply, if any, uh, in your experience, Mr. Nuffield Burnett? Okay, as it relates to searching vehicles, it's a little bit different from searching a a, uh, a house or even a boat. So vehicles uh, can be searched, provided that you have a suspicion that a particular vehicle may be carrying um, something unlawful or illegal, and therefore you stop the, 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 the vehicle and um, tell the driver, of course, of your intention and your suspicion. Of course, everything must be predicated on a suspicion. So in other words, I can't just decide to search because um, I don't like the looks of your vehicle. There must be a suspicion, which is the base for, for, um, for my wanting to search you or for the police officer wanting to search you. And having established that, um, then you would um, proceed to do a search of the vehicle. If you encounter anything in that vehicle which you consider to be unlawful or illegal, then of course you would seize it immediately. And as it relates to, well, of course, the, 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 the persons, occupants of that vehicle as well would be taken into custody. But, that, but as it relates to finding things that are unlawful, that are not lawful or not illegal. Um, I don't know that the police will take, but if it's a case where things that you might come up um, upon, something which may be the subject of uh, some investigation, for, for example, it may not be illegal to you at that particular point, but let's say a phone, let's say you, you, you came up on a phone that you might have been um, the subject of a invest of another investigation. You could simply um, request to take that um, object or item into your possession uh, in its return at a later date. And when doing so, um, you should make um, proper notes. You should at least give the person from whom you're taking the item a, a signed copy of a of notation that, yes, I did, in fact, um, accost, um, accosted your, your phone on this date, and I did, I did um, to return it on a particular date so that at some later stage you can return, your item can return to you if it's if it's of no further um, interest to the, the police.
All right. Uh, and we have come to the end of this segment. I do want to give Mr. Simon the final word just to, to, to leave us with some idea of, of, of how we should conduct ourselves when we encounter the police, often to make sure that things don't escalate, even in a situation where uh, we, they, we may feel that something unjust is taking place. Uh, and also on the police side of things, how police need to, uh, uh, what they need to keep in mind as they interact with members of the public. Yeah, thank you, Karen. As I have indicated, the police have enormous powers, and they do have the power to arrest without warrant. But they should try and exercise that power with discretion, because while they have a duty to protect property or person and persons even from themselves, they must also recognize that every individual has a constitutional right that he can do what he's doing once it is not against the law and they must therefore exercise as i indicated proper discretion ask the necessary questions try and get that information rather than manhandling and as we speak of manhandling let me also reiterate and make the point which dr walwin made that when you have a male police officer dealing with a person who is a, a female then clearly um, rules will differ and they must take that into consideration holding on to a woman's clothing clearly is not proper supposing something happens supposing something bursts what do you do how do you address that situation is it really necessary to act along those lines but at the same time i would say to members of the public that you try and cooperate as much as possible that there is less confrontation between yourself and the police because at the end of the day you will have an opportunity of addressing your complaints whether for the police itself or you take the complaint over to court so we're living in a society that there are um, rights there are obligations and each of us try and respect those rights and those obligations and try to cooperate as much as possible because it makes for a better and more viable society. All right. And with that, I want to say thank you to all three of our guests. We were joined by uh, Mr. Justin Simon. He is an attorney at law and Queen's Council. Uh, he was formerly the attorney general in Antigua and Barbuda. Uh, we say thank you as well to Mr. Nuffield Burnett. He is a retired police officer. He retired at the rank of assistant commissioner of police. And we say thank you as well to Dr. Selvin Wallen. Uh, he was previously commissioner of police in St. Kitts and Nevis. Uh, he is currently deputy commissioner of operations in the U.S. Virgin Islands. Uh, his uh, Ph.D. is in public safety with a special in leadership. Uh, thanks to all three of you for joining us this afternoon.